Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Jesus the Christ, the 
Messiah, the Anointed One. In the Hebrew, Yeshua. To die as a substitute for our sins. We can't forget that, Father. For you have told us in your word that there is no other name in heaven or in earth by which men can be saved. Then at the name of Jesus. So many things we thank you for this evening. But the main thing is eternal life. For the Bible tells us that he died that you and I might have a right to eternal life. We appreciate you. We reverence you. So good, so good, so good, Lord, you so good. So good, so good, so good, so good, so good. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the fruit. You are worthy, Lord, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Child of God, anything good that you can think of in your life, it has come from God. And if it has happened good in your life, God is worthy to be good. He has been so good. So good, so good, so good. God Thank you. 
God bless you, children of God. We do greet each of you one more time in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. We thank God this evening for allowing us to see another beautiful day. If you ever wonder if God is worthy to be praised, just let him remind you of how many things in your life could have gone the other way. So many dangers, toils, and snares, so many uh, desires of the adversary that God did not allow to come to pass. We give him all glory, all honor, and praise. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, What Do You Do With Your Sin? What do you do with your sin? As we Studying this new topic, we thank God for, you know, God is revealing to us different things that we can do with our sin. But understand, child of God, that what you do with your sin, what I do with my sin, will determine our success or our failure in this thing called life. What we do with our sin will have eternal ramifications. The wrong decision with our sin can be disastrous. The right decision with our sin can be prosperous. What do you do with your sin? We looked at capital A in our outlines this evening. Conceals it. Conceals it. Try to hide it. Try to keep it from being known. Try to... Uh, act as if it does not exist. God is saying for me to tell somebody this evening under the sound of my voice, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong move. That's the wrong thing to do with your sin. We looked earlier today at Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. The scripture says, whoever conceals his sin, whoever tries to hide it, whoever tries to act like it doesn't exist, Pretend like it's not a reality. The Bible says whoever conceals his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them obtains mercy. Understand, my brother and my sister, that attempting to conceal your sin is another trick of the adversary. It was a trick of the adversary for you to commit the sin in the first place. And if you are trying to conceal your sin, that's another trick of the adversary. God says if this is how you operate, you will not prosper. 
But if you confess and renounce it, you will prosper. You will obtain mercy. We're going to take a look this evening under conceals, conceals it. Mark chapter 4, verse 22. And be prepared, children of God, as God is about to bless you this evening in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 4, what? Verse 22. God says, my people need to do the right thing with their sin. God says, my people, God says, I know you all committed. Don't try to act like you don't, because I told you in my word that if any man claims he has, what? No sin, he deceives himself, and the truth is not in him. So God said, don't, don't, don't do that, don't do that. Mark chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus said, for whatever is hidden, is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is what? Concealed. Is meant to be brought out into the open. Once again, from the New International Version, Mark chapter 4, verse 22, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Capital A conceals it. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, we magnify you. We exalt you. We appreciate you, Father, for who you are, what you do. You are worthy to be praised. The rising of the sun, the going down of the same. Love you this evening, Father, and we thank you for being merciful, for being kind, for being gracious, for being true, for being long-suffering. All that you do for us, Father, we can't even see it all. We can't even imagine it all. All that you are doing to us, through us, and for us, we don't even have a full picture. But the little bit that uh, we can see, the little bit that we do know, we give you all glory, all the honor, and all the praise. You've been very good to us, Father, and we trust that you have even better things ahead of us and in store for us. Speak to us, Father, this evening concerning the concealing of sin. Speak to us about how it is meant to be disclosed and meant to be brought out into the open, that you may heal us, that you may uh, deliver us, that you may... Uh, restore us. Father, as you do these things for us, we are trusting that we are going to be very careful to continue giving your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, amen and amen. Capital A conceals it. Now the question is being asked, what do you do with your sin? So many times we look back at the original sin, the original sin. And when you think about the original sin, you often think about Adam eating 
from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We know that that was the sin that brought death, brought sin into humanity. Now, the problem was not so much the original sin, because let's say that humanity had just stopped with the original sin. If the only sin that came into humanity was Adam eating fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If that was all, then that might be, uh, if that was the only sin that people committed, they ate fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That might wouldn't be quite as bad as what we see today with sin. Well, one of the saints is hollering, because sin has mutated. Sin has, has grown into something. My spirit is going to a movie that we watched not too long ago, movie Evolution, about some made, I think, in the late 90s or something. Uh, uh, meteorite came to the earth, you know, from outer space. You know, harmless enough. It landed out in the middle of the desert. But, you know, there were some living organisms on the meteorite that began to multiply and began to turn into all kind of single-cell organism, turned into multi-cell organism, turned into all this, that, and we came up, and, and, and before the end of the movie, this thing was, was huge, and it was about to take over the whole earth. It was this huge, monstrous blob that was taking over everything. And, and what God has had in my spirit, that's much like sin. Sin started out, now, not that it was harmless, not that it was, you know, not that sin was harmless from the word go, but what God wants us to understand is that sin always has more potential than what you think. No matter what the sin in our life, as harmless as we may think or it may, or it may seem or it may feel, sin always has a devastating potential. And if it is not dealt with properly, it will morph, it will evolve, it will mutate. It will become something that is, that is absolutely even more terrifying than what it was in the start. Remember, all Adam did was ate some fruit. Now, granted, God told him not to, but he ate some fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. All right, one of the saints is saying, which led to lying, which led to hiding, which led to no longer feeling comfortable in the presence of God, which led to seeing things that he shouldn't see and, 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 and uh, pointing the finger and blaming others. It led, all of this, all of this morphed. All of this evolved. All of this grew and spread from that one little sin. So what do you do with your sin? Now, concealing sin is a compounding of sin. Always keep that in mind, that, that sin is one thing. Attempting to conceal it compounds the problem. Now, now watch this now. Watch this now. I'm going to have to give it to you in human terms. If you had a small leak in your pipes at home. Hmm? It was a small leak. You know it was a leak, you know, 
water was getting on the floor. You know it was a leak somewhere. You didn't know. It wasn't anything big. You called the plumber in, and the plumber come in, you know, take one look at the little leak, and then you watch him pull out nails and a hammer and start making more holes in your pipe, filling more water. You know, you would wonder what's wrong with you. What what exactly is this? What 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 what, what is going on? We brought you in here to fix the problem, and you are compounding the problem. All right, all right. You you got a small dent in the side of your car. You take the vehicle to the uh, body shop. Body shop man, take one look at the dent, the small dent in the side of your car, and take a sledgehammer and hit it two good times, make the dent two, three times even larger, and it's still working. To, you're going to be like, man, what, what? Okay? You say, Apostle, what, 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 are we, what are we driving at here? What the concealing of sin is, now, in our minds, we think we're making things better. That's our little carnal and peanut mind. God said that's, 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 the, that's the carnal mind, trying to conceal it. That was the first move. That was Adam's go-to move after he sinned. Understand that the, the attempt to conceal sin is the go-to move of the flesh. Let's get that down. The go-to move. Conceal it. Hide it. Deny it. Not me. Mm-mm. Somebody else. Them. They. Him. Her. That's the go-to move of the flesh. God says that, Robert, just as there are go-to moves of the flesh, there are go-to moves of the spirit. In basketball, in football, in most sports, most of your professional athletes, when you can think about their go-to move, when you think about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his patented what? Sky hook. When you think about Michael Jordan, you think about his, you know, uh, posting, fadeaway jumper. He went to that. Toward, he went to a go. You know, sometimes players have different go-to moves. I know as you get as you get older, your go-to moves may may change. But but understand that there's a go, your flesh, our carnal nature has go-to moves, and our spirit man has a go-to move. Now the flesh go-to move is to try to conceal it. The spirit's go-to move. Your go-to move is what you feel comfortable with, what you feel will work, what will feel will help you out of this situation. That's what a go-to, that's what a go-to move is in basketball. All right, you know, you're going to watch the NBA Finals tonight, you're going to see some go-to moves of different players. Yeah. You're going to see some go-to moves. That go-to move in the flesh is to conceal sin. The go-to move in the spirit is to confess it. The flesh wants to hide it, wants to deny it, wants to conceal it. The spirit wants to confess it, wants to renounce it, wants some mercy. What do you do? What do you do with your sin? Jesus said to them, verse 21, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl? Now, that's the that's first question. Jesus, Jesus starts you out with human terms because Jesus is taking you somewhere. See, you need to understand that every parable the Lord gives, he's taking you somewhere. He's trying to get you to see something that, that, that you know in other aspects of life. You know that would be very, very stupid. 
Jesus said, do you, do you bring in a lamp and then put it under a bowl? Now, that's just a very simple question. The answer is no, of course not. Because who needs to see a whole lot of what's under a bowl? The, the, the purpose of the lamp is to give maximum light. That's why we look at the lights in this church building. We didn't take them and put them up under the carpet or inside the cabinet. or the, the, the max, the, We took the lights and we put them in places. We strategically placed them so that they may bring maximum light to this place. You say, Apostle, what does that have to do with me now? You know, I've been listening to you for a lot of years. God has shared a lot of things through you that has helped me out. What is this parable of the lights? Here it is. My brother and my sister stopped down. You and I are the light of the world. Your obedience to the Holy Spirit will place you in a place where God can get maximum efficiency out of you. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is why we got to be sensitive to the Spirit because what God is in essence doing, the same way we had to sit down with the electrician and say, all right, now where would this light do us the best. I remember the electrician was asking questions. Well, you know, do we need to put, how many feet do we want to put them up? And we, we sat down and we figured out to put these lights in a place where we could get the maximum benefit from this light. God doing the same thing with you and I. He wants to put you in a place where you'll be of maximum benefit to the body of Christ. He wants to put you in a place where you'll be of maximum benefit to the world. Just like some lights go inside the building in the natural. Now, we're just talking human terms. Some lights go what? Outside the building. You say, Apostle, what that mean? Some of us, God is going to use you right inside your country to bring maximum benefit, maximum shine to the world and to the body of Christ. Some of us, God going to use outside. Bible talks about how in a large house there are many, many different items, some for noble purposes, some for ignoble purposes. We are God's tool. Some of y'all ain't, some of y'all ain't, some of y'all ain't. You're a tool. I'm a tool. God wants to use you. It's his house. It's his program. God knows where everything is put best. That's why normally when your guests come over, they don't come over and just start moving furniture around in your house. Oh, look here, uh, uh, Apostle, I think this TV, I think I'm going to move this TV. Let me move this TV. They might ask. Or they might make some suggestions, but they were probably, you can't just come over here and just start moving. Oh, uh, see, I'm going to take the refrigerator. Apostle, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the refrigerator. I'm going to put it on this side. We'll see where the stove is. I'm going to take the stove and put the stove where the refrigerator is and the refrigerator where the stove is. And see, this is all, uh-uh. This dining room table, I think I'm going to switch it out and put it in the living room. The living room, uh-uh. It's not your house, bruh. Oh, God is talking to somebody this evening. The church is not your house, bruh. Bishop, the church is not your house. Pastor, the church is not your house. Apostle, the church is not your house. God says, my house. And I arrange things just like I want them. Even Jesus said, in my father's house. 
Jesus said, I recognize who the house belongs to. Children of God, we some of y'all, some of y'all, some of us, we don't recognize who the house belongs to. And see, that's when you jump off and start doing things your way, when you don't recognize who the house belongs to. Respect the house. That's all. Just respect the house. Understand that the house is not, it's not, it's not yours. It's not mine. It's God. Now, God says, now, even in your house, you don't bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl, or you don't put it under a bed now. God said, even in, even in your house, you're going to do, do some wise things with a lamp because you realize the importance of a lamp. I want to encourage you, realize the importance of your gifts in the house. Realize the importance of your abilities in the house. Realize the importance of your contributions in the house. Realize the importance. See? Realize the importance. Don't put it under a bowl. What good is it doing under a bowl? What good is it doing under the bed? Instead, don't you put it on its Stand. You, God said, that's what you do. God said, that's what you do now. You, you, that makes perfectly good sense to you, and it's crazy to you to put a lamp under a bowl or a lamp under the bed. You even put it on a stand. So then God said, why are you trying to take the gift that I have placed within you and put it under a bowl? Why are you trying to take the abilities that I've given to you and put them under the bed? We about done, children of God. God got to get us to see now, because if God don't, if God don't show us, what are we, we going to see? God's so awesome, He can take and, and and hide things right in front of our faces. You know, I watched the thing today. I guess for about two or three good hours about magicians, sorcerers. You know, people be hollering, "Oh, it's fake! Oh, it's fake!" Not all of it. Not all of it. Because what's going on, you know, and, I, and I've been knowing this for years, but I, I felt like this was one of the best explanations that I had ever heard anybody, because people be talking all kind of crazy stuff about what sorcerers would be doing, but I know exactly what they'd be doing. And, and I heard one of the best explanations, that guy was taking a rope, he'd take a rope and put it behind him and pull the rope right, right through his body, you know, everybody running, everybody hollering. Another guy right after World War II, you know, um, I can't even remember his name. I think he was Russian. He would take, they would take swords, had all these doctors and scientists examine him, trying to figure out what was going on. He would take swords. They would poke it right in his back. Sword would come right through his stomach, and he would be walking around and be showing no blood, not puncturing any. You know, everybody all amazed. They had him filled up. You, you, I can't mural, mural something. I can't remember his name. You know, um, then I think, you know, some of the, the, the recent magicians were doing some of the same things, take a sword, poke it right through their arm, poke right out on the other side, and it'd it be going through no blood, no hole, all kinds of different things. All kinds of different things. People trying to figure out, oh, what's going on? What's going on? How is this possible? They went, got one doctor, David Copperfield, I think his name, you know, and the doctor had examined his hands and was talking about how, you know, there's so many blood vessels and, sensitive areas in the hand and that, you know, 
the, uh, the, the Copperfield doesn't have x-ray vision. He doesn't know when he sticks this knife through his hand whether he's going to hit, uh, you know, some of these sensitive blood vessels and different things. And they x-rayed the hand to see if this, this blade was really going through. David Copperfield poke it through, knife come through. Doctor was, you know, amazed, x-rays, everything. was yeah, Everybody amazed. Everybody amazed. Like I was when I first met the first sorcerer that I knew of real, real good, real amazed. But what the explanation the character came up with, and I was like, now, now somebody is flesh and blood has not revealed that to this individual. What the explanation came up to be from, from one individual was, because in, what you're dealing with is you're dealing with spirits. You're dealing with fallen angels, demonic spirits, who are just as real as you and I are. You don't, don't never think, if you ever even think for a minute in your mind that demonic spirits are not real, you have been deceived real good by one of them. What the explanation was they come up with that these, many of these magicians, many of these sorcerers, it's called the black arts in the book of Acts, chapter 23, verse 23, in case you, in case you, uh, you're wondering about that. Many of these magicians and sorcerers, they surrender or they worship Satan or they worship demonic spirits. And these demonic spirits will come in and use them as a vessel. They'll use them. Now, keep in mind that these demonic spirits, uh, these fallen angels, have been around since before the earth was even created. So manipulating objects in the physical realm, that's no big deal to them. You know, they had one Japanese sorcerer, and he levitated himself. All the people were amazed. He just stood right there and just levitated. No big deal for demonic spirits. These are spirits that were in heaven with God, the creator of all things. They have a supernatural understanding of this little material world that we live in. And these individuals that, that, that you know, give themselves over as instruments, even in the body of Christ, there are certain ones of us that can work miracles in the name of Jesus. Well, why wouldn't Satan have individuals that can work miracles, you know, in the demonic. Now, one thing you see, you know, if these individuals, you know, if these individuals that are working these kind of miracles, you know, pulling a rope right through their body or levitating themselves or able to take a knife and, and, and poke it right through their hand or right through their arm or their one character, they were taking, they were taking swords, long swords. They were sticking them through his, through his whole body. Talking them in the back, they were coming out in the front. This was like in the in the forties, fifties, or whatever. And he was walking around, you know. And the, all the doctors and the scientists were examining him, and they were, if they're doing all of that right there, why not take some of them powers and cure cancer? Why not take some of them powers and 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 you know, um, raise the dead, heal the sick? Why? Because the adversary and his, his group is not into the salvation of humanity. They're into the destruction of humanity. They're into destruction. Their, their ultimate goal is the destruction. And, and if it was something that they were doing that was, that was good, why wouldn't they tell the secret? Well, one of the reasons is that because one of the, one of the things... That the adversary and demonic spirits and, and, and the forces of darkness, 
They work very hard to try and convince humanity that they don't exist. Now, one of the greatest lies that has ever been told is that the devil does not exist. That demons don't exist. Well, you say, Apostle, what's that got to do with the message? We're talking about that for whatever hidden is meant to be disclosed. That's why God will send his apostles and send his prophets to expose what's going on in the realms of darkness or in the unseen realm. Jesus said, for whatever is hidden. See, if, if, if you don't believe in, in, in the supernatural world, then that's hidden from you. If you don't believe in the unseen realm, that's hidden from you. You don't think it's true. You don't think that kind of stuff is real. It must be a trick. See, then, that, then that's hidden from you. Bible says, Jesus said, whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. Whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. I remember I ran into the, the first sorcerer I had ran into that I knew of in Atlanta. And I saw some of the same things he was doing with some of these sorcerers that was on the thing. Some of the same thing. He'd take a card, he'd throw it up in the air, and it'd just be spinning, spinning, spinning. Don't never come down. I'm looking at this card just spinning, spinning, spinning in the air. And, like, why don't I was young in faith then. I was a little young in faith. I didn't realize what was going on. I was amazed like everybody else. You know, trying to fit, instead of realizing it was just demonic, Robert. It was, it was demonic spirits in operation right in front of your eyes. That's all. That's all. Simple explanation. God said, I ain't amazed at it. God said, I'm not amazed at it. Demonic spirits can do a whole lot of things that we'll find amazing. Just because something is amazing, that doesn't mean that it is godly. It's amazing. Remember, the demonic spirits are super. They are, su they are supernatural beings. They have supernatural abilities, supernatural intelligence, supernatural wisdom, albeit worldly and of the devil. It's supernatural. So in order for us to contend in that realm, we have got to have supernatural weaponry. And one of the things, if not, we'll contend. They have supernatural understanding. Well, we need supernatural understanding from God. They have supernatural abilities. Well, we need supernatural abilities from God. They have supernatural wisdom. We need supernatural wisdom from God. They have supernatural. Super well, then we need supernatural. The weapons of your warfare, the Bible says they are not carnal. Carnal won't work. This is why God won't let us know that carnal won't work in this, in this warfare because these individuals got all kind of power over the carnal, over the, over the physical realm. They were created long before this physical realm was even in, in existence. They were operating in spiritual realms long before this physical realm was even created. 
And that's why they can, they can do all kind of things in, in, the, in the physical realm. Now, what was the last topic we preached? Sir, Satan will hit you with his word. You got to hit him back with God's word. They do all kind of things in this in this physical realm. Why? Why is this physical realm to them? Spirit. Not by might, God said. Nor by power. Your little might, your little power. No, but by my spirit. We need a supernatural empowerment. Jesus told his disciples, Don't you leave Jerusalem. Don't go nowhere. Don't get in a boat. Don't cross no ocean. Don't get on. Don't get on no on no, on no horse. No donkey. Don't go into another city talking about nothing until you have been what endowed with power from on high. This thing is real. Jesus told his disciples, "Don't don't uh uh-uh. uh don't don't leave. You stay right here. Stay right here. You don't jump out here." In this, you know, you don't jump out here in, 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 in this kind of atmosphere, in this kind of environment, without the proper equipment. Even our, you know, our government, we're not going to send soldiers over to fight ISIS or soldiers to go into some of these other countries, and we haven't trained them, we haven't given them any guns, we haven't given them any, any kind of equipment to be dealing with the enemies that they face. Yeah, our government's not going to do that. You want you want your souls. You sending them off to war. You want them as prepared as possible, as trained as possible. So it is in the, in the kingdom of God. God wants you and I as prepared as possible, as trained as possible, as equipped as possible. What is the first thing that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and do? They equip God's people for works of service. Don't think that you're hearing the word and the apostle bringing the word to you. It just ain't nothing. It's a training. Some of you all would have been killed your own self if it hadn't been for the spiritual training that you have received. Some of you all's marriages would have been in divorce if it hadn't been for the spiritual training that you... Some of you all would have been done in a loony bin, lost them if it hadn't been for the spiritual training. Bible says that, that 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 physical training or bodily exercise profits little, but spiritual training has value in all things. See, some of you, ah, apostle, you know, I look at the downloads, you know, y'all be downloading, you know, and some of you all got this thing out there. Early saints every day they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There is no time where you get too big for the apostles' teaching in Christianity. There's no time. Oh, I, 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 I got that. The minute you think you got it is the minute the adversary will get you. We thinking our mentality is we still getting it. We're a work in progress. We still getting it. That's why we come here every every morning, every evening. Cause Lord, we still getting it. We still getting it. Watch this now. Watch this. If you think you are standing, where where's the scripture? Come on, come on. Ah, uh-huh. so you think you got it? You you think it is. That's what that's that's the first step. Watch this now. Where's that at? That should be Corinthians what? 
You think you are standing. Be careful that you don't walk. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. If God is faithful, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you can stand up on you. Where is that? Second Corinthians, where is that, somebody? First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten. Verse twelve. Huh? What is that? Stop right there. So if you think you are standing firm, if you think, be careful. That you don't fall. Didn't say you were standing firm. Just say you think. No, Lord, we still need you. Keep the training wheels on. Might have to preach that one. Keep the training wheels on. Training. Training, Lord. I still need to be trained. I needed to be trained 20 years ago. I need to be trained today. I need to be trained yesterday. I need to be trained tomorrow. If you but keep the training wheels on. Just because many of us can 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 walk and stand pretty easily in the natural. Don't get overconfident. Don't believe it. Get up in the middle of the flow and spin around twenty times. Now let me see you stand up. I want to say, say, get up in the middle of the night after you've been asleep. Spin around in that floor right there 20 times real, real fast. Now let me see how easy walking is. Let me see how easy standing is. I ain't suggesting you do this, but you think you take walking and standing, for example. Drink your fifth of the Jack Daniels. See what happens. See about your standing. See about your walking. All right, one of the saints that has had struggles with vertigo has mentioned that as well. So if you think you're standing, be careful, be careful. Understand that the standing that we are enjoying, God said, I'm the one that's holding you up. God said, I'm the one that's making sure that the mortgage is being paid. I'm the making sure that the lights is staying on. I'm the one that's making sure that marriage is staying together, that those those kids are under subjection. Be be careful that you don't God say, look, don't get don't get this thing twisted. Don't get this thing twisted. The standing that you are enjoying, God says it comes from me. 
All right, let's get ready to close out. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to stand, for blessing us to stand by your might and by your power. All right, we're almost done. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out open to open. So when we try to conceal our sin, we're trying to do something with it that it was never intended for. God said sin was never intended to be hidden, yet that's the go-to move of the flesh. See, our sin was never to be meant to be hidden. It was never meant to be concealed. Whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. Whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. Uh-huh. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom he must give an account. So understand, child of God, that when we try to conceal or we try to hide our sin, we're doing the wrong thing with it. If somebody come in here and roll a hand grenade and the hand grenade roll past us and roll out into the swimming pool and I run and dive in the swimming pool, retrieve the hand grenade, bring the hand grenade back and sit it right in the table right in front of us. Yeah, some of y'all going to be like, Apostle, you have done the wrong thing with that hand grenade. You should have went on and let that hand grenade, what? Go. God is talking to somebody this evening. Let that sin, let it go. It was never meant to be, it, it was never meant to be concealed. It was never meant to be hidden. It wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be brought out, confessed, renounced, so that you can get mercy, so that you can prosper, so that you can move on past that. The hand grenade, Apostle, why are you bringing a hand grenade and bringing it and sitting it right in the midst of us? Why? Let the hand grenade go on out there and then do, let the sin go, let the sin on out of you, because as long as it's staying down in you, it's destroying you. It's killing you. Let it out. Confess it. Let it out. Let it go. That's what confessing and renouncing is. You're letting it out, and you're letting it go. Let God's power get on that right there. Then Jesus come back and say, now, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus, this ain't for everybody. Everybody don't, everybody don't have spiritual ears to comprehend this kind of teaching, this kind of talking. Because flesh, it, flesh, those of you all out there that's listening to this broadcast in the flesh, you're saying, man, for y'all like the Pharisees sneering at Jesus. Man, forget that stuff. Apostle Brian talking about, I ain't confessing my sin. I'm take this to the grave. I don't want to take no sin to the grave. I don't want me personally. I don't want to take no sin to the grave. That that ain't that ain't a place to be. That ain't a place to have to be taking sin. I want to take some righteousness. Take some word. Take some take some mercy. But taking sin to the grave that's insanity. That's insanity. You got to have ears, spiritual ears, to hear this. If if God says if you all could see. In the natural, what carrying around a bunch of sin looks like. You know how sometimes, if you could see, God said, then, then you, you, many of you all would, would, would understand 
how detrimental and how dangerous it is. A lot of times, you know, scientists and different things, they'll show you what a pound of fat really looks like. Be like, oh, my God. You just see it because it's hidden up. It's covered. You, you, you know, you out there fat. You got, you know, we got a pound, 10 pounds extra fat. Somebody show you what 10 pounds of fat really looks like and to see that that's what you're carrying around. You'd be like, oh, my God. Sometimes individuals get tumors removed, fibroids, tumors, different things, and they, they'll keep them. They'll save them and show them to you. Be like, this is what you was carrying around in your womb. This is what you was carrying around in your, in your brain. This is what you was carrying around in your lung. I'll be like, my God. If we could see what sin looked like, how it was hindering us, limiting us, holding us back, keeping us from being able to fit into spaces that God wants us to go through, but the sin be too big and we can't go in. Because the sin, God said you can't, you can't go. The next levels that God would have us to, to climb to, but God said you can't get up there because of the sin. If we could see how sin, because it holds us back. It holds us back. It keeps us from, from getting where God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do and having what God wants us to have. Sin is a terrible thing. Always has been, always will be. But God says it's a terrible thing that can be dealt with properly and dealt with effectively. Concealing it is the wrong move. Concealing it is the wrong move. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you this evening, Father, for every word that has proceeded out of your mouth. Father, again, we ask for forgiveness of our sins and our iniquities, Father, that we have grievously committed against you. Father, we pray that you you continue to be merciful, continue to lead us, continue to guide us. We want to be where you want us to be, Father. We have not obtained it all yet. We have not been made perfect. Father, we ask that you help us to press on, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. We give you glory, honor, and praise this evening, Father, for being so, so good. So good, Father. We thank you. We appreciate you and we love you. Pray, Father, that someone under the sound of my voice this evening has been convicted and converted by your unadulterated word. Pray that souls have been saved at the preaching and teaching of your word, that someone this evening has confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart the Lord Jesus, and that you, Father, have raised him from the dead, that they may be saved. Pray, Father, that someone this evening has received your spirit, and is now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have been passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We thank you, Father, trusting, taking by faith that you are doing great and wonderful works in the lives of your people in the four corners of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensearchchurch at gmail.com, Check our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe's broadcast YouTube and iTunes and running 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724 444 7444. Enter ID 17959. 
Let's Precast, type in Robert Bryant on YouTube and the Chris and Sarn Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryant on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smile to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.